very hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's no point in time and anything except standards of excellence. We will deal with the Talton Cup if we're in it and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. My God, I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sportsbeat Extra. Coming up on today's show, we're hearing directly from the new owner of Waterford FC, Mr. Andy Pilly. But first up, we're visiting the first participant in Beats Club Focus. I'm Sean Connolly, and as always, you're very welcome to Sports Beat Extra. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. Beats Club Focus is live, and we're welcoming applications from clubs and societies across the region. Our first participant comes by the way of Rockwell Rovers GAA Club. The club is located in New Inn, County Tipperary, and it's a small rural setup that plays an integral role to the community. The club prides itself on inclusivity as well as cultivating a sense of pride and spirit throughout the whole community. Now, I visited the club this week, and that is something that is felt as soon as you drive through the gates. Hello, I'm Liam Fahey, Rockwell Rovers senior football player. Um, so the importance of Rockwell Rovers into the community so it's really kind of the centre of the parish and where kind of everything is sprung from regards New Inn um, so we cater for four clubs so we have Ladies Gaelic Football uh, Juvenile uh, Camogie and then the Senior Club so it, we offer a fantastic initiative so for such a small rural parish we're facilitating for loads and with facilities wise we are kind of we are pressed for space and stuff like that then for the importance of like it being brought into the community so like we ran throughout the winter months kind of when it's kind of dark and miserable we have the lights above up in the field which offers a chance for the community to come in use the new walkway that has been opened up in in the GA facility to use it for operation transformation which really brings all ages together and the community in together. So Liam, as somebody from the locality and a player for the vast majority of your life, tell me what Rockwell Rovers means to you. Oh it's just absolutely massive, it's just even within the last few years we started off watching my brother playing with Rockwell Rovers from I'd say I was about four years old up collecting footballs for the senior team and then eventually getting a chance to push on and actually be a vital part of the football team um, so it's absolutely humongous like just to see the development that has happened in the last 10-15 years like we were just here with just one singular pitch and now what's after happening in the last few years has been massive and we're just kind of riding on a wave of momentum that is keep on building keep on building kind of and I suppose while we've 10 years ago we were only a junior A club and we're after stepping up all the way up to senior football which kind of is a credit to the whole community that it's been such a commitment. We have, we're a small panel within the club this year like we have about 20 senior players which is a massive ask for the 20 lads to step up and playing against panels of 30, 35 players like so and just even winning this is just kind of it, it would be unreal because I suppose just to show where the club has come come from and to show that we're always improving and always developing and we're always kind of looking forward to the next stage and looking how to improve the facilities and how to improve the players. John Helly is my name, I'm senior chairman of Rockwell Rovers J Club. Tell me about the four clubs, about the importance of dedicating various different nights for different teams such as the ladies who are obviously within GA and not getting as much focus as deserved to be. Yeah, well we have a, a policy here in the club that each club is the exact same to the other, so there's no inequality here. 
club here supports the 2020 agreement with the women ladies football and the camogie we've always done it when the camogie started first many years ago um we used to have there used to be i won't say hassle but you know you you wouldn't have a training night for the camogie and they were trying to fit in around so a number of us sat down a number of years ago and we decided to give them a night to themselves that the senior club wouldn't be here so what we did was we divided up the field in the such that the juveniles are there on a Monday and a Thursday night. The Camogie Club are there on a Tuesday night. We then, the ladies football was formed about five, maybe eight years ago, which we say under 10s. And now we have an under 17 team starting off. So we have transformed that and we've given them the Wednesday night and our seniors train also on a Wednesday night after they're finished. That's the advantage of having the lights in the field. Then on Thursday night, we're back with juveniles. And then on Friday night, sometimes the seniors always train on Friday night. But now we have given the juvenile club or the ladies football, if they have a match that's postponed and needs to be replayed or the camogie, well, then we can offer them the Friday night. We have our AstroTurf pitch, which the, all the four clubs worked hard to push here. And Andy will talk to you about that. And we also have a situation where each, on our executive, each of them clubs are represented on our club senior executive so that there is no difference between each club. The original New England Camogie Club was called New England Camogie Club and we uh, asked them to join us as Rockwell Rovers and they were delighted to do so. And each club here wears the same colours and we, we, we're virtually the same people. We have a few outsiders who come in to train with the lads and they're very welcome and there's no problem with that. So, like, you know, for a club of our standing, we have a motto in our gym, wrote up on the wall, which says, one club, one parish. And that's what this club is built on, one club and one parish. On the show and within Beat, I'm an extremely strong advocate for the 20 by 20 athlete. I feel that women in the game are not getting as much publicity as they deserve. So it's incredibly important for me, especially as a, a father of two small girls, that there is an avenue as the girls grow up, that there's something that they can take a hold of with both hands and that they can get as much airtime and as much recognition for what they're doing in the game, just as the men are. How important is that to you? To me, as senior chairman, I, I believe in equality. I've always believed in equality so long as every child is entitled to play, whether they're young, whether they're what age they are, who they are, what gender they are, it doesn't matter to this club. Each and every one of us follow the rules, but we also believe that there is a place for everyone in society and a place for everyone in this club. That's why our club motto is one club, one parish. You're, once you're out in that field, you're just another player, another person. The girls, the boys, whoever they are, they do what they want. And that's the ethos of this club now. It has been the ethos of this club for the last number of years. And it will remain the ethos of this club, no matter what happens, that this club will always... And there is a room for everyone in the club. The, the facilities mightn't be as big as some of the town facilities, but by God, we can look after everyone here. And that's what we're here for. Andy Hennessy. And chairman of the Rocker Rovers Development Committee. If you can highlight the full structure of what you have available and what you feel like could be touched upon more. I suppose in, in the last um, year, uh, in May 2021, we opened a 60 by 40 AstroTurf 
and also walking a track around the, the perimeter of the grounds over 700 metres long. The AstroTurf was a, was a major benefit over the last year to all our teams, young, old, juveniles. It allowed them to train during the winter um, in a safe environment, in, a, in good surface. The pitch was quite wet because of the weather. So it was a, a fantastic facility. Um, the walkway has been used every day by young, old, older members of the community, members of the community we might have seen for months. Um, it's a brilliant facility, it's safe, it's level. Um, it's also turned out to be quite sociable for, for the retired people or older people in the community that they, they can come out here and meet others and you know, just walk in a safe environment and exercise. So they necessarily may not have been members of the, of the Rockwell Rovers, um, but they'd have been past members, and it's brilliant to see them coming back into the, the community, coming back into the field and, and using our facilities. So it's the wider community that are, are really um, benefiting from, from these developments. So I can see a pattern developing. I mean, this very, very much is a community-orientated club. It's not even active players. It's past players, active players, but it's members that just want to be involved in any way, shape or form that they possibly can. I suppose one of the biggest questions that I have to ask what exactly would the club do were you to be successful in winning the thousand euro bursary for our club focus? Um, we'd like to put uh, solar powered lights around the walkway. Um, that's, that would extend, uh, I suppose, the time it could be used in the winter time. Uh, the lights are turned on probably five, six, ni six nights a week until nine o'clock, but, but the solar powered lights would just extend the usage of the, of the walkway. And I suppose going back to the development, the development wouldn't have been possible without the support of the four clubs we mentioned, the ladies football, the camogie, the juvenile club and the senior club, and also the wider community and people of surrounding area. We got massive support from people when we were doing the AstroTurf and when we were doing the development. And also the, the uh, contractors, they were all local within 10 miles of here. Um, we got fantastic value for money. Um, we spent over 270,000 euro here in the last uh, two years. It's a lot of money for a small little club. Um, so the money is very well spent with fantastic facilities, but to just extend it and have lights on the walkway would be, would be a major bonus for, for everybody. Maeve is a player with the club, a very, very proud player. Uh, she's representing girls across the community here. How important is the club for you? Uh, it's fantastic. And you play with your friends? Yeah. Um, play and we practice whenever we want to. We play LJFA and um, Camogie. I suppose, how good is it to have the facilities here, to have a field to be able to come down and practice and to play with? Uh, it's great. We can just practice any time we want, so it's up to ourselves if we want to come down or not. So. Do you think that having the club here is a benefit to you and all your friends in terms of getting better at the sports and to, to, to improve your love for the game overall? Yeah. Um, look, we can get great opportunities out of this and can go play for our county and support our club in every age group as well. Club Focus with Eco Solar Energy. The solar experts you can rely on. Make the cleaner choice. EcoSolarEnergy.ie So as you've just heard, Rockwell Rovers are the first participant in Beat Club Focus. What about you? Do you fancy winning a grand for your club? Because each month I'm going to be visiting a club in the region just like Rockwell Rovers. I'll give the club a chance to take their place in the limelight featuring on air, online and across our socials. At the end of 12 months, one lucky club will bag €1,000 bursary. The winning club will also be chosen through a public vote and it's a great opportunity to attract new members. Club Focus is part of Beat's ongoing commitment to support the work that local clubs do. 
while also celebrating the positive impact that they have on local communities. So if you want to get your club involved, head to beat102103.com forward slash club focus to apply now. Club Focus with Eco Solar Energy. The solar experts you can rely on. Make the cleaner choice. EcoSolarEnergy.ie. Nice feet by Junior into Griffin. Back to Junior again here. Oh, what a goal from Waterford. A fifth goal of the afternoon and in the 42nd minute. It's the first vision side back ahead again. A brilliant finish by Junior off the edge of the box with his left foot. Giving Joseph Anang no chance to Waterford players over to their decent numbered supporters on the far side. And this game keeps giving goals. It's now St. Pat's 2, Waterford 3. The vision, the immediate vision, is one of stability and to put together an infrastructure, professional infrastructure, which will replicate what we have in the UK. We've had enormous success in the UK uh, with Fleetwood. We took Fleetwood, well, I took Fleetwood over 18 years ago, and the gate for the first game was 80, 8-0. So a small population with a football club five leagues below the football league, we've won six promotions. And uh, that's only happened, it's not just an injection of money, it's an infrastructure, and I believe the secret of success is everyone pulling in the same direction. I think immediately what needs to happen, I think the football club needs to become aligned with the community, with the business community, with the council, with the sports facility, and it needs to make the very most of what is in the offering in this uh, in, the, in the city of Waterford and the surrounding areas. I think the potential is enormous. And of course, as a, as a prospective new owner, you look at the Irish Premier League, you look at Europe, but there's an order of events. And the order of events is, first and foremost, it needs stability. That is the voice of Andy Pilly, the new owner of Waterford FC. Mr Pilly is the mastermind behind the meteoric rise of England's third-tier side, Fleetwood Town. Having confirmed the purchase of the club, I spoke with the football fanatic as he painted his picture for the Blues. Well, I'm one of those people that has an obsessive disorder with things that I get into. And I've got that with football. And I remember as a kid, I used to collect Panini football stickers. Yeah? I used to collect Sabutio teams. Yeah? And that grew as I, as I first went to football matches as, as a kid. Um, I just think the, the, the roar of the crowd, the, uh, the shrill of the whistle and the, I don't know, the smell of the, uh, I don't know, the, um, the, the drinks, etc. It, it was just, it's quite infectious. I ran a Sunday league team for seven or eight years and I, I was fortunate enough to become successful in business. And I was invited then to come along to Fleetwood. It was a local club which was really, in all honesty, not more, much more than a pub football team. It was uh, an amateur team. And it's just something that I love. It's a huge part of my life. And I couldn't imagine life without football. I see Waterford as a similar project to Fleetwood. I think it's punching under its weight right now. What I don't want to do is to put a headline out there that uh, we're going to Europe and such like. One step at a time, controlled growth, and uh, what will be will be. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it strikes me that anything is possible. Uh, I know anything's possible because my, my Fleetwood journey, all people have told me throughout it is, you've done well, but you're not going to go any further because you're a small club. And that just motivates me to, to go again. Uh, so uh, Waterford is clearly not a small club because when you look at the catchment area, you look at the population, I think that it can be 
uh, a club that pulls decent gates in, if it pulls decent gates in, and the organisation, the facilities are clearly here, the infrastructure is here, then again the future is what we make it. First and foremost we've got to do all we can to get promoted this year and if that doesn't happen we've got to dust ourselves down and go again and that's that's just naturally where we are you've got to constantly strive for progression in football in business and in life and if it's not to be this year then we'd go again and we set our stall out to to do it next year irish football is on the incline i think that there are good times ahead you've only got to do a little bit of research and you can see that irish footballers are starting to be recognised, perhaps post-Brexit, with the benefit of the Good Friday Agreement, that there is a pathway and a roadmap to get them across to England. Now, if I can help some of these boys fulfil their dream and get them across to the EFL, and then, who knows, if they progress, nothing would make me happier than shaking their hand and watching them on Match of the Day on a Saturday night if we can get them to the Premier League. I think that... These boys need that roadmap, I think they need that pathway. And having a sister club in the UK, that gives us an opportunity. But equally, I see, I see there being potential for movement of players the other way. It may be that we've got fringe players and players that need football that we could bring over here. It, I see it as being reciprocal and something that benefits both parties. There's good times ahead. I think that uh, it, it's going to get better. I think the stadiums will be developed. Who knows, hopefully, eventually there might be a broadcasting deal and it feels like it's a good time to get involved with a, a perhaps an understated market right now. From our conversation, Waterford's new owner seems to be an extremely ambitious individual. He looks to have a two-pronged approach to success when developing football teams. It's by this very principle that he's looking to cultivate his image in the southeast. There's different ways to measure success and the way that I measure success at my, at my primary football club in England is two things. One is sporting success. You wish to win as many football games as you possibly can, because it's a great feeling, it really is. I love that feeling when you've won and you've got that spring in your step. But you also, the reality is, the commercial reality, the, the, the entire um, way that the football industry works is, you do have to trade players and you have to, uh, players do not wish to play for Fleetwood for the entirety of their career. And I don't think there's anything up with whatsoever players coming along to Fleetwood and we've got an outstanding training ground. We really, really is. Uh, well, I thought it was outstanding until I came here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden I feel that it's, uh, it's good, but it's not as good as this. And our model is very much whereby we develop players and we want to win games, but we also develop players. And uh, if we can help those players go on and fulfil the dreams and play in the Championship of the Premier League, then I think that's the right thing to do. And the reality is... You cannot keep all of your, all your players all the time. That's just the way it is. Uh, but equally, football is a food chain and you can go and you can take players from other clubs around you or below you. And uh, it's, it's constantly evolving all the time. So for me, there's two things. There's sporting success, but you have to trade your players as well. And I don't think there's anything up with that. And I think the players, so the supporters, as long as they understand that that's the model of the club and it gives the club stability and continuity and financial security, then I think that they would readily accept that. We know that there are players out here. We're absolutely certain there are players out here. And if the message that I can get out there that if players do wish to get to the English Football League, then we've got a potential conveyor belt if they come to Watford and if they excel 
because there's no reason why we can't move them across to the EFL and we can't get them playing regularly in front of big, big crowds, big TV audiences, and we can, uh, we can help them um, maximise their careers and fulfil the dreams. So our promise has been superb, but I know there's lots and lots of other players who've got the talent, the ability, but maybe haven't quite had the opportunity. So if this project can, uh, can deliver that opportunity, then uh, mission accomplished. I think what you have to do is you have to become aligned with the community. The community has to buy into what the football club is committed to delivering. And I think the football club has an enormous role to play in the local community. I think it, it delivers quality of life, pride, hopefully jobs. And I'm sure the, the good people of Waterford would vote with the feet and would come and get behind the team. And I'm, I quite fancy as well that some of the businesses would want to be promoting their their brand in association with a, a successful football club that does things the right way as well. It's well documented that the new owner was present for both the Galway and Cork games and that it was his first time in the region. He was extremely complimentary of the football on show, but even more so taken back by the partisan support displayed by the Blues. He knows the communication is key in moving forward and that if the club is to grow, it has to grow both internally and by the fans. This is something that he has laid out very clearly. It's a beautiful city. Um, it really, really is. I thought the, the, the people were incredibly friendly and kind. I didn't really know what to expect when I went to the football stadium uh, for the game. And the first thing that struck me was how enthusiastic and passionate the supporters were. And they really were. It was, they were loud. They were right behind the team. And I thought the players were great as well. They started slowly for the first 10 minutes, but they put on a hell of a show. And that was a really, really enjoyable football match. And I went away with a, a real buzz. And I thought, this, is, this has got great potential. It's, a, it's in a good place now, but I think with um, an injection of uh, infrastructure and uh, some, of the, some of the tricks of the trade, some of the secrets of success that we've learned over the last 18 years, because as, a, as an owner, you know, you want to have a fan base and uh, it was clear to see how proud they were of their club. I do think clear communication is important. Uh, again, uh, the intention will be to do things like fans forums and to engage with the fans and to try and give as much transparency as we possibly can. And uh, again, hopefully that, uh, that builds the bond between the club uh, and the supporters and the business community. I think the reach and the audience that the football club can uh, communicate with, the bigger that reach is, the more people it can engage with, the better. So again, that would be conversations that we wish to have. And uh, we want to, uh, if we are committed to growing the, the football club and growing the gates, then we need our media partners. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. We look forward to welcoming Mr. Pilly onto next week's show where he'll outline his assessment of the current season, his transfer strategy and much more. If there's absolutely anything that you'd like to communicate with the club's new owner or anything in relation to your club or society, drop me a mail at sport at beat102103.com and I'll get in touch with you. Remember to submit your application for Beat's Club Focus at beat102103.com forward slash club focus and you could follow in the footsteps of Rockwell Rovers GAA. It's been a pleasure as always. Dean is up next with Beat Anthems. Have a great evening.